My name is Karen Thomas. I'm 29 years old and I'm having a quarter life crisis. Join me, my friends, as we observe, laugh, and analyze the issues that we often feel defeated by as 20 to 30 something year olds. Get ready to learn more about this evolving milestone and, most importantly, how to embrace the quarter life crisis. Hi all and welcome to episode 5 of Embracing the Quarter Life Crisis. I do apologise, I've technically skipped a week because I was on holiday and I did say at the end of episode 4 that I was going to be on holiday and um, unfortunately that's meant that I've had to miss out on um, the weekly upload of the episodes. So given that the preparation for this week's episode took place in Phuket in Thailand, it was always going to be somewhat holiday inspired. And so just to put this episode into context, last week when I was at the airport and I was waiting to check in, I was doing a bit of people watching as you do. And I happened to be sat in front of a family who was saying goodbye to a young girl. And she was probably only maybe what, about 19 or 20 years old. And one by one, she was embracing members of her family and there was like her brother there and, and a dad and a grandma and a mum, you know, as it usually is when you're kind of saying goodbye and you're going off on a big trip. And I just noticed that the girl, she'd been saving her final goodbye for her mum. And it had to be the longest and most heartfelt goodbye I'd ever seen. You know, the girl was sobbing, the mum was sobbing, and, and I ended up being, you know, pretty close to tears myself as it, it took me back to this time four years ago, according to my time hop, when I had to do exactly the same thing as a result of leaving the world as I knew it, to basically embrace a new one. That being said, today's episode is appropriately titled Taking the Plunge. Now, if you were to ask me five or six years ago, if I'd ever considered moving abroad, my answer would have been a resounding no, not a chance. I was always quite content with holidaying here, there and everywhere, but to make that move permanent just would never have been an option for me. And I suppose it was never an option because I never felt the necessity to be anywhere else other than home. And, and that was for obvious reasons, really. You know, I've got a very small family, there's probably you know, only take away the kids. There's uh, there's about six of us. And the thought of us being, any of us being taken out of that little close-knit circle family connection thing that we've got at the time would have been equivalent to a piece of the jigsaw being missing. And I could never imagine my family being the same without me or even more dramatically put even surviving without me or with any of us kind of not being there I just couldn't imagine at the time all of us actually being able to function as we were and so why is it then that so many of us make that conscious decision to be out of our comfort zone essentially give up everything that we've spent all our lives creating and move overseas now to answer that question I'm going to introduce this week's quote spiration in times of adversity and change, we really discover who we are and what we're made of. And I'll just say that again. In times of adversity and change, 
we really discover who we are and what we're made of. Now, I've picked that quote today as I think it ties in very nicely with the whole concept of um, a quarter life crisis. In particular, if you, if you can think back or reflect back to um, episode two, I spoke in quite a bit of depth about the catalyst, which occurs during stage two of a quarter life crisis. And that's the point in which you start to entertain this idea of getting out of what you can pretty much consider to be quite a messy point in your life at that time. I also refer to stage three as the, the rebuild stage. So the phase which is all about making those proactive changes that you considered during stage two. And so as much as I'd love to say that taking the plunge and making dramatic moves for change occurs on its own, I generally don't believe it does. I do think that there's often an event or a situation that literally forces you to choose a different path. The year prior to me making the decision to leave, and that back in, what, 2010, I still remember feeling trapped in my own life. At times, I actually physically felt like I couldn't breathe. I was so restless, and unlike my friends at the time, you know, I wasn't having a baby anytime soon. Me and my partner at the time were on different pages. I wasn't living a luxurious life on a cruise ship. You know, I was literally living for the weekend to get my Friday night fix in the local bar and it mentally took its toll on me. You know, um, sadly, it took me a lot longer than I thought to realize that that was a life that just wasn't sustainable. So reflecting on my own personal experience and taking into account the transitional phases of the QLC, versus the state of mind I was in, it begs the question of whether we make these decisions from good places. And truth be told, initially, I don't think we do. And I think that's why so many people negatively brand a decision to make that much of a change with running away from your problems. If I had a dime for the number of times I've been asked what you're running away from, I'd be rich, I tell you, rich. So initially when I'd get asked this question, what am I running away from? It would like naturally fill me with this sense of um, self-doubt and I'd be all wishy-washy about my response depending on whose ears the information was basically gonna be falling on. And me being me, I wasn't really comfortable with not having a self-assured answer to that question. So, you know, I'd find myself literally having conversations with myself, asking me, you know, trying to be quite frank with myself, saying, why is it that I'm running? What is it that I'm running from? And even though the answer to this would be quite individualistic, when I got quiet and when I got still, I think I was able to identify that as a general rule of thumb, I was running away from a lack of control and a lack of direction of where my life was going. So my point being is that I used to get very defensive about my moves and gallivants overseas. And it's funny because even as I'm talking like this, I can actually hear my dad now saying, Karan, you are now at the age where you should be considering marriage. And <laughs> my petulant response in my mind, obviously, because heaven forbid I talked back, but my petulant response is like, yeah, I know. I just haven't found marriage yet, duh. Anyway, what I'm now happy to own is the capacity that I have to redefine my life the way that I want it to be. You can call it running away. You can call it taking control of your life. 
or more suitably, you can just call it embracing your quarter life crisis. Either way, there comes a time when I think taking the plunge actually becomes a necessity. Just on a one week holiday, I was able to meet a few people who were able to identify areas of dissatisfaction in their lives and appear to fit the bill for stage three of a quarter life crisis. So in other words, people who were no longer contemplating the idea of change, but rather were well into the thick of it and living life overseas. So I spoke to a few who were kind enough to tell me a bit about their story. So you're gonna hear um, Ellis, who is 23 years old, and he shared with us why he chose to make Thailand his home as opposed to his holiday. Basically, um, uh, going abroad and traveling or moving abroad was never something I'd really thought about, but I was uh, seeing a girl at the time. You was a what? I, I was uh, seeing a girl at the, t- at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, uh, she had plans to go to South America. Yeah. And so, uh, as, as the relationship progressed, it got towards the time she was going to leave, said, why don't you come with me? As I was training Muay Thai in England, it made sense to come to Thailand, with Muay Thai being the national sport. So she went to uh, South America, I came to Thailand. We agreed we'd meet back up home in four months. Yeah. Unfortunately for her, I uh, fell in love with Thailand. Oh. It's a beautiful, wonderful place, and uh, I felt like home. I felt like Thailand was my home before I even stepped off the plane. Wow! And what is it about Thailand that makes you feel like it's because for a lot of people, Thailand is simply just a holiday destination. So obviously, you've chosen to um, live here. What is it about Thailand that that makes you feel so connected to it? Um, well, mainly being the Muay Thai, I think that's what's kept me yeah, training every day and something I look forward to and I'm very passionate about. I think um, I've had something to focus on, something to keep me here, which is fantastic. This is why I've stayed so long. Brilliant. So for anyone else who is wanting to take the plunge and wanting to move overseas, what would your advice to them be? Just do what makes you happy, to be honest. I mean, I came here on a whim and uh, absolutely fell in love with the place and I've never looked back. Couldn't recommend it enough, really. It's a different way of life. Next, I spoke to a couple who, although weren't actually living overseas, had chosen to spend a couple of months travelling for varied reasons. I like experiencing the different culture and just seeing the things that are different than back at home Um, and um, learning new things and seeing new people, food. (laughs) Excellent, yeah, we all love a bit of overseas food and it's cheaper as well. Yeah, it's cheaper, so you can kind of... Cool. Try whatever you want. Yeah. And how about you? What is it about the overseas experience that you enjoy? I hate work so much. I just want to be away from it. <laughs> Can I ask what it is that you do for a living? I'm in the military. You're in the military? Yeah. And what is it about the military that you hate? <laughs> Everything that it is. Oh, wow. That's they can hear you. <laughs> it sounds very intense. So how, how often do you get to actually have a break from the military? I get four weeks a year. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That doesn't sound like that much to me. No. <laughs> no? Not enough. Okay. But yeah, obviously rather be here in Thailand than in the military. Yeah. Fair dues. For sure. Harold Reddick, aka Muay Thai fighting champion Batman, found more opportunities in his line of work over in Thailand. Well, the first thing was um, 
uh, well, considering where we met, the, um, the, the martial arts, the Muay Thai. Um, I came here three times, actually. The first time I came was about the middle of, around this time, uh, 2012. I stayed for nine days, and I went to a Muay Thai camp in uh, Bangkok. Then I came back last year, uh, I stayed for three months, but um, I studied uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at uh, a team, and that's what brought me there because um, BJJ is kind of rare over here in, South, in Southeast Asia. Not really. So what is it, other than the fighting, because obviously that's a big passion of yours. Yes. Other than the fighting, what is it that draws you to Thailand specifically? Um, it was a change of pace. You, you have a couple of different factors. You have, uh, you got the culture. Uh, you have the diversity of people here. Um, and the weather. Okay. Of course. The weather. Of course, a bit for weather. Yeah. But in the st whereabouts in the States are you from? Because I would assume that in the States you get pretty good weather. At times. Um, I'm from Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Philly, okay, so yeah, Philly's more seasonal in terms of your winters are your winters, your yeah. summers are your summers, but there's not this kind of tropical no. all year round. No. The only thing they have in common is humidity. I managed to get my friend Hannah to say a little piece and she actually originally took the plunge eight years ago and she just quickly shared with us what it was about the overseas experience that draws so many of us in so often. It's just so liberating, relaxing, get up, do what you want when you want, don't get up, don't go out, go out, shop, don't shop, eat, don't eat, drink, don't drink, do whatever you want, whenever you want, pure freedom. Finally, I spoke at length to Michelle, whose story I personally identified with as her home away from home was Dubai, where she spent the last four years teaching. So how long have you been in Dubai? Um, I'm going into my fourth year. Oh, yeah. wow. So you've managed to last a fair while. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I came thinking I was going to come for a year and here I am. And that, that tends to be the case. People always set out with the intention of, oh, I'll do six months, I'll mm -hmm. do one year. And then before you know it, you find You're yourself... There for nearly four yeah. Years, yeah. So what was it that actually made you take the plunge in the first place? Well, I was at home and there wasn't much work. Like, I was subbing every day. I was, like, getting a call in the morning saying, okay, you have to go to school, this school. And I didn't have any solid work. And then um, my marriage broke up and I stayed around for a little bit tried to get some work and then I was like no I just need to get out and I just left yeah. I just left everything and did you find at that point I know it sounds like a bit of an obvious question to make or to save him but did you find at that point uh, home life was all of a sudden not what you yeah. thought it was like, ever going to be I was ha you know I was happy at home and I was working and I was doing everything but then when everything kind of fell apart, I was like, okay, now I can actually just go. Yeah. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't have anything to hold me back, or like I didn't have a comfortable job, or like a little house. You know, I was just yeah. like, I can just go if I want now, and I just left. And I find it's a really good opportunity to sort of um, redefine yourself. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah, because nobody knew my background, nobody yeah. knew anything about yeah. me, and like if I chose to tell people, it was fine. But I, I yeah. could just come in as a a person who nobody knew anything yeah. about which was nice whereas everyone at home knew yeah. oh you know this happened like yeah. so and that that tends to be the label you kind yeah. of stuck even with. when i go home now it's just because people don't see me that yeah. often so like oh there's that girl yeah even though it's four years later yeah. you know and i'm just sorry i'm gonna ask you one question so how how long was the the marriage for um, before you actually broke up? 
we were together for seven years wow. and we were married for six months. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So is, has he stayed in Yeah, Ireland? he's at home. Yeah, yeah. He's in Ireland, yeah. Okay. And so your experience since that point to this point here, what what's that been like? Um, it was The first year was really tough when I moved first because my head was still all over the place. And then um, it, it took a long time to kind of, I think to even to just... Because I've been with someone for like seven and a half years, to even find like me again, yeah. it, that sounds like no, cheesy, but no, like not just to kind of know where I was or what yeah. I wanted to do. So it took, it did take a while, but like I'm to I'm a totally different person yeah. than I was. Like this, like I was only 24 getting married. Wow, um, so very young then. Yeah, so I'm at a very different stage yeah. now. My head is in a different place, and I, I realize now that I was very young. Yeah, and it was nothing to do with him. It was just. I was young, you know, yeah. it was just a situation well, no, really. 25 is, it's very young and obviously you've sort of had an opportunity now and it's unfortunate um, where that opportunity came from. Yeah, but no. like I had always wanted to travel and I think it would have been one regret that I yeah. would have had if I hadn't done it. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Michelle, for taking the time to talk to me on our gorgeous, sunny <laughs> holiday in the island of Kai. Yes, who's full yeah. right now? I'm being very sarcastic by the way. We're actually stuck under a wooden hook because it's pouring it down with <laughs> rain. But alas, rather be here than at home. Yes. Naturally, if you're in a position where you think a move or a long-term trip overseas is something you want to make reality, it's going to be an anxiety-riddled process. I also think whilst in this frame of mind, try not to be deterred by those closest around you because unfortunately, without always meaning to, it's these people who can often be your biggest doubters. For those of you who know anything about the Middle East, you can only imagine the response I got from family, friends and employers alike when I told them that I was moving to Qatar. And don't get me wrong, anyone who ever gave me five minutes to talk about Al-Mahar Academy for Boys knows I have nothing favourable to say about that circus. However, and on the other hand, one thing I always, always am the first one to put my hand up and say is that my experience outside of that school environment was absolutely amazing. I, I loved it, you know, and I don't have one single regret about doing it. I was reading uh, a blog actually of a friend of mine, Nicola Sutcliffe. She's the author of Upside Down um, and I'll put that in the show notes for anyone who wants to have a read because it is an interesting read indeed. She's done a great job and she recently wrote an article in which she sums up quite nicely, I think, the fundamental pros to starting a life overseas. So the best reasons I would say is first of all, you get to live your life to the full. So in a new country, you're free to be who you want to be without the barriers of the past holding you back, which I always think is quite a refreshing experience in itself. I think it generally opens up your senses. And I think just like a holiday, living overseas can actually make you significantly more attentive and appreciative of the different music that you're inclined to or the beautiful buildings that you see or the beautiful tasting food that you get to eat on a regular basis. Personal growth, I think is a massive one. You know, without a safety net of the familiar, you certainly learn more 
about, you know, me, myself and I, so to speak, and exactly how self-sufficient and resourceful you, you can be when you've got no choice but to be. Now, number four is my personal favorite, and that is the meeting people from all around the world. You know, if I have learned anything about myself, um, I, I am very much a people person and I'm absolutely fascinated by the quirky, the mental, the hilarious characters that I generally meet on a regular basis, much more so than when I was at home. Seriously, since being in Qatar, since being over here in Melbourne, Australia, I just meet the funniest of funny characters, you know, and every single one of those characters has an interesting story to tell. And it's that story I think attracts me to these people. And like I said, for me, meeting these people on a regular just, I think, make my life that much more colourful. So I kind of just want to summarise by, I suppose, just stating that, you know, if you're to look at this from on a microscopic level, especially in Western society, we're not different. You know, we're all doing the same thing. We're all living the same lives. It just so happens that some people turn up to the party and sit on the sidelines whilst you've got this other portion of people who rock up with the Vuvuzela and the um, streamers and the balloons um, and, you know, metaphorically speaking, just enjoy life that bit more than other people. And I think taking the plunge is a part of that bigger picture and a part of that overall enjoyment of life which yes involves taking a risk because it doesn't necessarily always work out but by the same token um to have the regret and i'm sure you'll have heard this time and time again to have the regret i don't think will serve you that well in the long run so for those of you mid to quarter life crisis a day not to be scared a day to do what you actually want to do and a day to take the plunge as always if there is anything that i happen to have said in this episode that made you think oh my gosh that is absolutely spot on or you can just identify with it a smidgen then feel free to contact me via email at eqlc at outlook.com you can follow me on embracing the quarter life crisis and that's for my instagram account and you can also look me up and make a comment or leave some kind of feedback via facebook by searching for embracing the quarter life crisis you can also search embrace the qlc into itunes and you should be able to find me there okay then well until next time my friends i will see you later bye